Welcome to Chatting with Channing, the podcast for Channing School that lets you, the listener, find out more by hearing from people throughout the whole school community. Each episode, you'll hear real stories from staff, from pupils, from parents and the school's alumni to give you a true reflection of life on Highgate Hill. In this episode, we're speaking to one of Channing School's alumni, Kitty Underhill. Kitty will be telling us all about her time at Channing, how it prepared her for her future, her favourite subject at school and some of her fondest memories. But Kitty will also talk about her journey since leaving Channing in 2011, her role as a body and self-acceptance coach, why body positivity is so important to her and what advice she'd give to everyone to encourage and promote body positive thinking. So come with me now as our host, Mandy, takes us into this conversation with alumna Kitty Underhill. and welcome to another episode of Chatting with Channing. Now today I'm delighted to be talking to Kitty Underhill. Kitty, hello. Welcome to the Channing podcast. Thank you so much for having me. That's great. Now first of all, could you tell us a little bit about what your connection to Channing is? Absolutely. So I am a Channing School alumna. I was at Channing from 2004 until 2011. During that time, I was also head of Spears House and I was head girl. Excellent. So good credentials. Yeah, not bad, eh? (laughs) Still ready on the coattails of being head girl. Why not? Why not? (laughs) So Kitty, tell us what you get up to these days, what you're doing now. Sure. So I am a body and self-acceptance advocate online. I'm also a plus size model and I've recently just launched my own business as a self-acceptance and body acceptance coach. Gosh, that sounds fascinating. How on earth did you get into that? Well, so it's a interesting story and I think maybe perhaps a relatable one in that I grew up with quite a few body image issues. I struggled quite a bit with disordered eating and I found that I was kind of growing up in a world where that was very much normalized. And as I grew older, you know, I was going through growing up, puberty, all those things. And I just kept finding myself criticizing my own body. And I felt that I wasn't even alone in it either. You know, it was so commonplace to hear friends talk about how much they hated their bodies. They hated themselves. And, you know, you'd look to magazines and see that magazines were telling you to do pretty much exactly the same. Mm. And so... As I grew older and I started learning about how, in particular, you know, how the media teaches us to dislike our bodies, I started getting pretty cross about it, as you can imagine. Mm. So I decided to be loud about it online and I built up my self and body acceptance advocacy on Instagram. And from there, I started to learn coaching skills. And this way, I felt like I could bridge the gap between telling people to love themselves online and actually giving people the tools in which to do so. Gosh, that sounds fantastic. And a really positive use of social media by the sounds of things. Thank you. Yeah, especially I think at the moment for young people, people of all ages really, you know, we all are susceptible to some kind of media in some kind of way, especially when we wake up and one of the first things we do is look at our phone. I felt like it was particularly important to make my social media space a positive place for people to come to when they are feeling down about themselves, down about their bodies, and they can see that A, they're not alone, and B, that, you know, I guess the magic of learning to dislike your body is that you can unlearn it and it is possible to do so. And I hope that I can help facilitate that kind of change with my work online and with my coaching. Excellent. So what aspect of your work that you're doing would you say is the most fulfilling part of it? 
I think the most incredible thing is, you know, I'm so lucky in that I have people message me and say, hey, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have challenged this idea that I had about my body. Mm. And I'm glad that I can come to your online space and see that I'm not alone and there's, I can grow and I can change how I feel about myself. Because I think you can, even though everyone kind of knows that there's a lot of bad body image stuff out there, we can still feel like it's a very lonely pursuit and a very lonely place to be if when we're feeling down about ourselves. But it's really an amazing thing when I get these messages from people telling me that I've made a difference in their lives. And I think especially when you speak on social media, sometimes it can feel like you're talking into the void. But thankfully, I get people coming back to me and saying, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have changed the way I felt about my body, which is really a lovely thing. That is must be extremely rewarding to know that you've uh, really given people a, a, a boost and a positive outlook at things. That's great. But just rewind a little bit and explain to us how exactly would you define body positivity? So this is a really interesting topic at the moment because I think the way that we currently understand body positivity, it's about feeling positive in your body. But actually, body positivity came from the fat acceptance and fat liberation movements of the 1960s, whereby fat folks were trying to fight back against discrimination, essentially. I think in 49 states out of 50, it is completely legal to fire somebody because of their weight. And it's only illegal in one of those states because of the work of the fat acceptance movement. So body positivity was about shouting loudly about how much you love your body in a world that did not want your body to exist. Mm. For example, if it is a fat body, a queer body, a uh, ethnic minority body. And, you know, this movement gained a lot of traction online But then brands also found out about it and they wanted to put more palatable bodies at the forefront. So as a result, it means that what was actually quite a deeply political movement has now actually been totally shifted into something that can be sold back to us. So whilst, you know, body positivity has done an incredible thing at teaching people that, yes, there is an alternative to hating your body, people have lost sight of the fact that body positivity was made mostly for marginalised bodies. It sounds really interesting. I had no idea about uh, that it could be legal to, to discriminate about someone for their weight. I mean, I think you, you've, you've sort of answered it really, but the sort of what is it about body positivity that in general is so important to us in society, do you think, as well as to you personally? So I think it is deeply important because what body positivity teaches us is that, you know, as well as there being us having body image issues, it also speaks to the wider world and the wider context in which we exist in that, like, not everybody is treated equally. Mm. And we are taught that some bodies are morally better than others. Mm. We're taught that some bodies are more deserving of healthcare than others. We're taught that some bodies are more deserving of marginalization than others. So body positivity is all about thinking about the ways in which our bodies are inherently political and how important it is to think about not just our own individual body image, but how each body moves differently throughout the world. And I think that's a deeply important thing in that, yes, we can seek individual body acceptance, but we also have to think about how our bodies exist in a context and how we can do better by other bodies as well. Yes. So what changes do you want to see in your industry? You work in the fashion industry as well, as the work you're doing with body positivity. So that's obviously culturally an enormous body image conscious industry and and in society 
in general? I mean, what changes would you like to see? Oh, where do I begin? So let me just get on my soapbox. I really believe that there needs to be a huge shift in the way that fashion operates, the way that media operates. And these things are so deeply intertwined, right? You know, if we only see white, slim, able-bodied, cisgender people on the covers of magazines on our runways that only make up like a very small proportion of the global population, so many people internalize that as that being the only image of beauty. And that then results in people feeling down about their bodies. And people wonder why they beat themselves up for not looking a certain way when they only see beauty as being one particular image. So it's really the responsibility of the fashion industry and the media to show all different kinds of bodies, of shapes, sizes, abilities, genders, ethnicities, races. It's a deeply important thing to show the entire spectrum of what our bodies and who we are can be rather than just that whole very nicheified thing that I think we have all grown up with. And I also believe that, that it's not just, you know, what's on the catwalks and what's in our magazines, it's also behind the scenes. So if we look at fashion industry big companies who's on the head of their CEO you know who's on the head of their board of directors yeah you know if again we're only seeing white folks at the top of these places then what does it say about how that's going to trickle down there needs to be inclusivity in every single level and every single step of fashion and media and everywhere Mm. really so but what can we as individuals do to promote what you're talking about to promote body positivity It's a great question. I get this asked quite a few times, especially by parents, because, you know, body talk is so common, right? You know, we all kind of, especially, you know, we're recording this just after Christmas, and I'm sure we can all count the amount of times our auntie has said, oh, no, I can't possibly have that. That's too naughty. And, oh, I've gained a bit too much weight over Christmas. Mm -hmm. And these, the way that we talk about our bodies so negatively is so normalized that we don't think that it's a bad thing. But I think it's very, very important that we pick up on these almost tacit cues because you know I went through such a difficult time growing up because that kind of talk was so normalized that I didn't realize it was a problem until I grew up and had the gift of hindsight and thought wow it's really not okay that I beat myself up so often Mm. so I think what's deeply important is that we pick up on that kind of those very fat phobic cues that we don't see as necessarily harmful but are harmful you know it's not It's not a bad thing if we gain weight. Our bodies fluctuate, and that is the nature of bodies. You know, none of us are going to have the same bodies we had when we were 16. And if anything, it would be mildly concerning if we did. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) it's just unrealistic. So I think it's a really key thing to, and especially in front of your children, watch how you talk about your body and food, Mm. because you don't know the negativity that they will be internalizing. And I think it's also really important to engage with media that's not just... Again, as I said, like white, cisgender, straight, slim, you know, there are, beauty comes in so many different shapes and forms. So if you can engage with people that, you know, have bigger body types online, you know, we're in a pretty, I know social media is a double-edged sword, but we do live in quite a magical place where you can curate your own space that makes you feel good rather than bad online. Mm. So one of the best things I did is following people that look like me or are bigger than me or smaller than me so I see beauty in all different forms because that is what we are you know if we all look the same it would be so boring oh absolutely so it's just about enriching the body space Mm. right correcting people is that an okay thing to do if people are speaking in a negative language is it okay to, to to sort of highlight that so as a coach I'm a big believer in meeting somebody where they're at so 
you know, I think if we come at it from a place of, hey, wait a second, you know, which is what we are want to do, especially when we start picking up on this stuff that's very negative. Mm. You do want to literally fight back. But what I found to be more effective is kind of putting my coaching practice into play and kind of saying, so is it that bad to be fat? Mm. And, you know, something that I hear a lot is people saying, oh, I feel really fat. And if you look at the, there's a really interesting resource called the emotions wheel, where it breaks down the spectrum of human emotion into tiny, tiny increments. And not one of them is fat, because fat is not a feeling. And when we say we feel fat, A, it's kind of saying that we think of fat as a negative thing, which it isn't. Mm. We're not telling ourselves the full story. You know, am I feeling disappointed? Am I feeling hurt? Am I feeling unattractive? And then therefore, what does unattractive mean to me? You know, it's about picking up on your person's the person's cues and saying so tell me more about that like what does that say about how you feel about bodies and how can that be different so interesting but of course challenging I think is a great thing to do I think it's very important to challenge it where you see it but I think meeting somebody where they're at is definitely way more effective it's about tempering our language and being aware indeed yeah absolutely and I think especially with something as you know the fat phobia and the kind of nasty body image stuff that we learn is so it's very tacit and it's very it's such a kind of undercurrent of everything that we say that is very difficult to pick up on so I'm a big believer in everybody being on different parts of their journey and so if we can enable each other to unpick that stuff together then we're only going to feel better about our own bodies as well everybody benefits so how would you say that your time at Channing helped prepare you for life after school and the role that you've uh, moved into wow what a question I think looking back it's it's amazing being back in the school today and just seeing how much has changed and also how much has bizarrely stayed the same but the way that Channing really built me up is I was able to feel confident in a place of leadership and you know I started Channing as kind of feeling like a little bit of a wallflower and you know, I was still quite shy and, you know, I was loud and nonsensical with my friends, but then I was able to be a part of the theatre department and, you know, I really blossomed on the stage and acting and that kind of side of things still has such a deep, you know, beautiful place in my heart because I was able to do it so well at Channing. And I meant that I could kind of stand on stage in front of a group of people and just not care. I can speak up about what I believe in and I can speak up confidently in rooms of people. And perhaps I may not have been able to do that if I wasn't given that kind of, that encouragement and that space to flourish that I did at Channing. I mean, I still... Even now, when I was like, I'm nearly 30 years old, I still really hold that title of head Excellent. girl. Yeah, I can, I can tell. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So if you could go back in time, back to your teenage self, you say shy, what, what advice would you give yourself with the, with the benefit of a few years' experience? Wow, if I could tell my teenage self some stuff. Tell her to invest in Zoom, for one thing. <laughs> But I would also tell her that there is a way out of feeling bad about your body. You know, I think when I was a teenager, it was just a given, that was just my world, that you're meant to feel bad about your body for the rest of your life. And with my coaching training, with the work that I do online, you realize just how much, how you feel about your body really changes or affects how you feel about yourself and how you feel about yourself really affects how you feel about your body. You do carry yourself different if you don't feel confident in yourself. 
And I'd love to go back and tell her that it absolutely gets better. And can you believe you'll be talking about how much you love your body online and your undercrackers? <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> but no, I would also like to tell her that she's in a very good place to be and the best place to be for her to flourish and thrive. Excellent. Oh, that's so, that's such a good advice, I'd say. So going back to your time at Channing, what would you have said was your favourite memory from your time at school? I was actually just reminded of one of the last plays I did at Channing. I was playing Hecuba and Trojan Women and the performance was being recorded and there was this bit where I'm talking about how the walls of Troy are falling and the box that I stood on collapsed under oh, no. my feet and I had to power through it because of course I am a you know I stay true to my Absolutely. role as an actor so of course I powered through it and actually it kind of worked well it was timed very very well because of what I was saying but I also always think fondly of the Channing staff pantomime that happened I don't know if they still do it now but just seeing our teachers just taking the mick out of themselves and wearing fantastic costumes and it was always so much fun and it always brought all the students together it was such oh, a great that's memory. great it's interesting actually because during the these podcasts that we've been doing it's coming across very clearly that how involved the staff are at the school and you know really muck in which is great absolutely do you have a favorite teacher from your time at school Oh, no. <laughs> Without offending anyone. <laughs> I mean, yes, of course I do, but I feel like I'm picking, like, my favourite puppy. <sighs> I've got a special place in my heart for Miss Newman. I also loved Mr Frank. Mr Frank was my biology teacher and my form tutor. Miss Kammar was my English teacher who really helped me flourish in English as well. And Dr Bremser, too. It's very hard yes. to choose. <laughs> well, it sounds like there are a few great influences. But what was your favourite subject at school drama I was going to say I think it's I could guess it's probably drama (laughs) yeah Uh, excellent are you doing any drama still now or just using your uh, skills in your workplace so I was acting until a few years ago but I found that I had to kind of choose you know my favorite things to do is you know I have to practice what I preach as a self-acceptance coach I kept finding that I was burning out trying to do too much at once so sadly I did have to put acting away for a little bit but a few years ago I did perform in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival which was the most incredible experience so I would absolutely pick it up again if any agents are listening (laughs) (laughs) you never know but yeah no it's sadly not been able to do as much as I'd like but also over lockdown I did have the privilege of being remotely directed in a short film project which was really really fantastic and I was able to do acting for the first time in a couple of years and it was amazing to kind of be back in that world so never say never or never say never again you know absolutely well we've come to the end of our time kitty it's been really interesting talking to you today thanks so much for joining me and uh, for giving us a flavor of uh, your time at Channing and the influence that's had on you shaping your life and also giving us such a fascinating insight into your your career I would wish you the very best of luck with everything it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you so much for joining me thank you so much it's been such a pleasure talking to you too thank you for having me So that was Channing alumna Kitty Underhill. Thank you, Kitty, for joining us on this episode of the Chatting with Channing podcast. It was great to hear all about your time at Channing and your body positive journey since leaving. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.